0: You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.
1: Hello and welcome to the Engineering Career Coach Podcast. In this episode, I will be talking to Donna Sherrill, Vice President of Engineering at Boulevard, where she leads a global team responsible for the development of the company's client experience platform. She will be talking about how you can build your influence as an engineering leader and also how you can keep an engineering team on track when a company experiences rocket ship-like growth. I'm your host, Jeff Perry. I'm the founder of More Than Engineering, helping engineers and technology professionals with leadership and career coaching to create meaningful careers and lives. And this is the Engineering Career Coach podcast brought to you by EMI, the first podcast dedicated to helping engineers and technical professionals with both their personal and professional development. Now it's time to jump right into the main segment of the episode. I'm so excited to be here with you, Donna. Welcome to the show. As we get started here, in your own words, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and what kind of your day in the life looks like these days?
2: Thanks for having me. First of all, very excited to be here. My name is Donna. I'm a VP of Engineering at Boulevard. And if I was going to describe Boulevard, like who are we? What do we do? We basically power the appointment based self care industry. So when you think about salons, spas, anything that you might do, barbershops, anything that you might do in terms of personal care, really being able to enable these businesses to provide the best possible experience and focus on that experience with their clients and not have to worry so much about the actual operations piece, because that's not necessarily their craft, right? Their craft is the thing that they're focusing on to help you like feel and and look your best. Day in the life. um, What do things look like for me? Well, right now at Boulevard, we're actually growing really, really fast. I joined Boulevard eight months ago, uh, beginning of October, and we were just over a hundred employees at the company, and we are currently topping over 270. So we've experienced a lot of growth in the last seven to eight months. And as you can imagine, when that's happening, there's a lot of things that are going on in helping the company iterate through that and mature and evolve. And organizationally, from a technical perspective, there's a lot of things that, you know, you need to kind of take a step back and look at and think about as we're experiencing all this growth, how are we positioning ourselves in a way that we, as a group of people, can also scale with the company. There are right now a lot of activities going on around that, things related to org design, product strategy, realigning company objectives, what are the the goals for us in the next 6, 12, 18 months as we continue moving forward and growing here? And how are we kind of adapting to this growth and being able to position people in situations where they feel set up, empowered, enabled to take ownership of the piece of impact that they're going to have on the bigger picture and be able to understand who they're working with and what their goals are to be able to move forward and execute on that. So there's just a ton of collaboration going on right now with a lot of stakeholders across the company and positioning and how we're going to do that. And we're actually doing this all in prep for a big R&D offsite we're going to have in about six to seven weeks here where we're getting all these folks together and saying, okay, let's make sure we have that clarity. Let's make sure we all understand the vision and we all know kind of like the direction we're going to be rowing in. So you don't have a bunch of people running in 20 different directions.
1: This is really exciting it's fun to hear kind of you being on this growth path with Boulevard and what you've been there for the, the last few months, but certainly you've had some experiences along the way in your career that have kind of prepared you for this time and this experience that you're in right now. So can you share a little bit more about your career journey that you've been so far and, and how those different experiences prepared you to be able to tackle the challenges that you're facing these days?
2: I like to call it my silver anniversary. So I've been in the industry for 25 years, First couple of journeys in my career, uh, coming out of school, got my computer science degree from the University of California Riverside. Uh, Stayed pretty local with really small companies that I would say they are not necessarily tech driven. And uh, from that respect, there was a lot of kind of figure a lot of things out for yourself because you're in an organization that's pretty small, but not really being tech or like product driven and it felt a little bit like a sink or swim environment. So I think I learned really quickly that a lot of things are going to rest on you individually in terms of you're going to go as far and learn as much as you push yourself to do. And as much as you basically kind of insert yourself into a situation and engage, and it could be a really uncomfortable feeling. The moments where we are uncomfortable are the kind of those pivotal moments of like, we're either going to stretch ourselves and learn and grow, or we're going to kind of recede a little bit, right? And so I actually learned, I would say early on to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. And being able to do that, I think really is one of the things that allowed me to grow pretty quickly in my career. I joined uh, SunGrid back in 2012. We were a really small company. I joined as a senior engineer slash team lead type of role. And really, that was the moment where I think the experiences that happened leading up to that moment really enabled me to be successful with this company because I came in having that comfort level with, yeah, things are hard. You don't always have the answers to all the questions. You don't always understand all the questions or know what they are. And you have to figure things out and you have to engage with other people and collaborate and you know kind of focus on keeping pushing things forward. Because more often than not in our lives, we don't just get things handed to us, you know, and they're easy to just do and we do them and move on to the next thing. If that was the case, then I think we'd never really grow or learn much. I spent just shy of 10 years with SunGrid. SunGrid really was an amazing company that allowed me to take on any opportunity I wanted to take on. The opportunities for growth, both personally and uh, career-wise, were, you know, there for the taking. And so it was just really about how much do you want to engage? How much ownership do you want to take? How much do you want to collaborate with others and say, hey, I want to be a part of solving this particular challenge and not necessarily having the, okay, well, my role is this. This is not my problem over here, really. So like just really kind of engaging yourself, you know, where you felt like you could help make an impact, even if you didn't have all the answers day one, right? Through that time, I transitioned from more of a leadership role in tech to a leadership role organizationally. And that's actually where I transitioned into my management career. And uh, through that time, grew into broader scopes of roles, director, senior director, and taking on more and more and more of the organization. And then finally, at the end of that journey, just shy of 10 years, is where I landed with Boulevard as the VP of Engineer. Really, for me, the main thread that sticks out is that ownership piece, what I also like to call grit because I think you know grit really comes into play when things get hard, it can be easy to go, okay, I think i've I've reached my limit. I think I've reached that edge. maybe I need to kind of take a step back and just do the things I you know know how to do. And I think sometimes if that's what you're doing, then you're going to probably limit yourself from being able to get over a particular hump and come out the other side and come out more knowledgeable and you know more experienced and Having that tenacity and just kind of saying, no, I can figure this out. I can do this. I can get to the other side, I think really has helped me be able to grow in my career and be able to gain the experience of none of us are ever going to have all the answers. We're all going to continue to grow. We're all going to continue to have to figure things out. And just recognizing that and not being afraid of that, I think can open up a lot of opportunities for folks. And I
1: do believe that's a lot of what helped my career trajectory and where I am today. You mentioned grit in particular, and there's a great book about grit that people can go go read and or listen to as well. But I'm curious for you, like you got to these points where like I don't think I can do this, I don't think I can can pass through, I think I'm at my limit. But you were able to push through that. Where do you think that grit comes from? Where do you think people can find that or can learn to and harness that grit when they need it in those moments? And where did yeah, that come I, from for you?
2: In terms of where it came for me, it's hard to really put it into words or even answer that question. It's kind of like this, this is just popping into my head as I'm thinking about it. I almost feel like you equate it to fight or flight. You get put in this situation where how do you react? And a lot of times in these kinds of situations, you can't overthink it. It's almost just like a reflex or a reaction that happens. And you either you know jerk back from something that is really causing you a lot of friction and strife, or you kind of just jump in and say like, no, I'm just going to keep plugging away at it or pounding at it or you know I think for me that's just kind of been innate where I, if I find myself in situations that are I mean not all situations I'm deathly afraid of heights and so if I'm at the edge of some cliff like there's no way I'm going to like jump right but you know there are a lot of situations where if something is intimidating or something feels like I just don't think I can do it for some reason I tend to just dig my heels in further and just keep trying now it's not like the superhuman thing where like everybody's able to do this just individually on their own. A lot of stuff comes into play. You should be leveraging other people. You should be, you know, collaborating with other people that, you know, you're working with that are on your team, mentors, seeking advice, not just, oh, Googling things on the internet or even just playing around with your keyboard until you get the outcome that you're looking for. But also just interacting with other people and sometimes just sharing something out loud and getting a different perspective into that conversation gives you an idea, even if someone doesn't actually have like the answer, but it's about doing the things to keep yourself moving forward in that moment that not always, but you know, eight out of 10 times, probably you're going to figure it out or you're at least going to make enough progress to get you to the next point where you might get stuck again. And then, you know, you do those same things again and you just kind of keep moving forward, but yeah, it can get, Sometimes it can be easy to go, okay, I'm tired. I'm just going to let this one go, you know, and sometimes you will do that. You know, grit doesn't mean that you never, ever, ever give up. It just means that more often than not, when things do get too tough or things do get too frustrating, even if you have to take a step back from it for a minute, you kind of turn back to it and you just keep going. And so, I mean, I wish I knew what the magic formula was. I don't, but that's at least been my experience.
1: Just keep taking action instead of kind of locking up and shutting down is, is the lesson I'm hearing from you. Like no matter what that action is, that action can be as simple as asking for help from someone instead of just staying with it yourself. And so sometimes we need to rally with, with other people around us who can help us in those situations as well.
2: And I think that's really important. Oftentimes we might feel reserved and not want to do that because maybe we think it makes us feel like we don't know what we're doing could feel a little bit intimidating if you're unsure about something to ask for help but i've always felt like asking for help or making that connection with other people is not a sign of okay this person doesn't know what they're doing and they're constantly just asking me to answer you know questions for them i mean if you're basically telling somebody hey show me how to do this that's different right but if you're engaging in okay here's what i'm trying to achieve here's where i'm struggling here's what i've tried up to this point but this thing right here is just really stumping me for some reason everybody's learning in that process. And you should feel super confident sharing your voice and bringing these things to the table because usually these are opportunities where everybody actually learns. Even someone that's in a mentorship role in a particular conversation or experience is also learning. They're learning how to be a better mentor. These interactions are really like unique in every situation. And Usually all parties are learning something from the experience. And so from my perspective, like for the most part, only good things can come of that. So I don't think people should be afraid or hesitant to speak up and say, you know, hey, I need some help.
1: You mentioned that you've been in the industry about 25 years, both as a contributor and as a leader in in various capacities. So just curious from your perspective, talking about leadership and engineering, like what do you think are traits or things that really make up a, a good leader? Is there, is there just one thing or are there are principles to think about? How do you think about it when you think about good leadership and engineering?
2: There is a distinct difference between managers and leaders. And I think that people should strive to be leaders, not necessarily managers. The difference for me between the two roles is that a leader, no matter where you are, it doesn't have to be engineering. It could really be in any industry and it could also really be in your personal life as well, right? It doesn't have to just be professionally. For me, a leader is someone that other people, they trust, they have that credibility that's built between the two and the relationship they are looked to for motivation, support, inspiration, they're seen as a mentor. I think someone who's a leader is going to be way more powerful to their team and the other folks that they're engaging with than someone who is kind of thinking about and functioning as like the classic, what we think of is when we think of a manager. There's some common things that are between two roles that you know we just do as a part of our jobs, right? But the key thing in leadership is you're influencing other people. And when you're able to influence other people, then you're able to scale yourself, you're able to scale your teams and you're able to gain greater outcomes and achieve larger objectives and do that in a way that is more efficient. And so the influence piece is key because you're not gonna be able to do everything directly. You're not gonna be able to execute on something all by yourself and get it done. And so the major characteristic there is how are you able to influence other people? Do people trust you? Do they look to you for your opinion and your voice and your guidance? If you're able to do those things effectively, you're able to enable others to also be empowered to get things done, to feel autonomous, to actually be autonomous. And I think that's where the outcomes usually come as success. You get the outcomes that you're looking for because that influence is able to kind of radiate. You know, we often use that term multiplier.
1: You're a multiplier. The influence piece, I think for me is key. I love that word influence when we're talking about and pairing that with leadership, because as you said, you don't necessarily have to be a manager or have a title to have that influence and to be able to lead situations or meetings or initiatives or just have those opportunities to have influence on getting the right things done and taking the right directions because the trust and those other things that you've talked about that you build with those that you're working with. So I love that that word influence is a measure of true leadership.
2: I've run across a lot of you know people in my experience where there's a lot of focus on, well, you know, I want that lead title. I want a tech lead title. I want a team lead title. and it, And, you know, there's a lot of focus on the title, but I always encourage people to step back from that and really think about, you want to be a leader. As a, this is an embodiment as part of the role that you're in and what you do. It's not a title. Everyone can be a leader. Everyone should strive for that because if you have a team of people where everyone's taking on that objective and that, you know, kind of striving for that, then what you're going to end up with is again, everybody kind of rising to that level of like having that personal investment in ownership and an outcome that we want to achieve together. No one's trying to rise above someone else particularly, but more about like how are we all here supporting each other? And how do we align around something to get the outcome that we're trying to achieve? And leadership is a key piece of that because everyone's going to bring different skill sets to the table. And so in one aspect of it, someone is kind of taking that leadership role and what they're bringing into how they're helping solution something. And someone else on the team is, is doing it in another capacity as well. And so everybody really taking that on as part of their responsibility or a thing that they're striving to be within the team and having that credibility with their team members and with their leader, it just really helps the team excel. So it's less of a title and more of a characteristic or a trait that you embody
1: and the funny thing is is that if you embody it then most likely those titles will will come they come naturally time, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're more likely because people will see that you're the person who's taking that responsibility and that others are willing to go along with you they can see that yeah. influence and that, that's just more natural that's going to happen if yep. you embody it and become it first absolutely
2: that is my career journey i never asked my manager once for a promotion like, you know, you just focus on what's the best impact that I can make and how I'm making it. And, and people will see it. It is, it gets demonstrated. The impact is felt, the outcomes are there, the results are there. And then the next thing you know, like here's a promotion, here's a promotion. And that definitely hinges on your working with people who recognize that, right. And appreciate it and are good leaders themselves. But given that is there, it really just will come to you at that point.
1: I wanna switch gears here just a moment and talk about remote working. I mean, this is something that over the last couple of years we've been trying to figure out and get better at. Is Boulevard completely remote or almost exclusively? Yeah. So obviously, as you've joined this company, you've been building teams, growing rapidly. You've been trying to to lead and influence a company culture and teams and things. So what are some of the things that you've done with your teams, with your staff, to maintain a strong company culture, even though you're not actually in the same room or building and things? Like, how do you stay connected and, and build that?
2: This one's really interesting. This is the challenge we're going through today, right? So in the past, the team building and the evolution and kind of cultivation of, you know, the culture that you want to continue to build. My experience has been, if I contrast the two, it's so much easier when you are with people from kind of just the day-to-day small nuanced things, you have so many more opportunities where, you know, you're just, here's a big lunch room and we're all getting together every day and we're having lunch together. Or when we do a one-on-one, we're going outside and, you know, we're walking in our one-on-one together. Right. And these are little things, but they really matter. Right now, that's not the situation you know that we have at Boulevard being a fully remote company and being in a situation where we're growing really fast. And so a lot of team members are coming in you know to teams that are still building and growing. and it's not even a situation where you're coming into necessarily a team where it's like, oh, okay, well, all these folks have known each other and there's like a, a really great team atmosphere in place and a new person's joining and all these people are rallying around to make them feel like they belong. We're all working on that together. I think the natural go-tos are things like, oh, you know, let's do some virtual fun events. We've done escape rooms and, you know, things like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, those are great, but you really have to get creative and think about not even just the side of team building that's let's do a fun activity together as a team, but it really is how do we focus on how we're actually feeling like a team together when we're interacting over Slack a lot and when we're interacting over Zoom, there is this difference between you and I interacting over Zoom right now, we've never met in person. If we were to talk every week for the next year, obviously we would build some sort of connection and you know relationship, but it's not going to be the same as if we already had established one in person before. There's just something about being in the same room with somebody and seeing them in 3D. So that is the challenge. And I think one of the things I'm really anchoring on my leadership layer is also fairly new. And so, you know, we've been spending, you know, some folks are a couple of sprints old and, you know, some folks have been here for some number of months. And then we do have one, our director that's been with Boulevard for actually a a number of years. And so we're having the conversations on at the team level, as an org in general, and even more broadly as a company, how do we? ensure that we are cultivating the culture that we want to cultivate, that we are instilling the values that we believe are our values. And how do we make sure that teams feel healthy and empowered? And there is an aspect that is very kind of organizational around how do you empower and enable teams, making sure that they understand their identity, who they are, how they impact the bigger picture, and then the also impact that they're having on our customers, our platform, our overall product, the company as a whole. And, you know, I'm going to take that back to something I said earlier, which is this planning that we're doing right now to realign for H2 and say, hey, let's ensure everyone understands these are our company objectives. This is the product strategy that we believe is going to help us meet those objectives. These are all the different squads that we have in place today and who they are, i.e., like, what's your mission? What's your charter? Based on that mission and charter, how do you impact the broader product and, and experience? And based on that, What are the things that you're going to go after this year to try to achieve? And how are you going to know if you were successful, you know, in doing that, right? So just kind of taking it from like that really big picture to the individual team level of like, okay, if we achieve these three things in the rest of the year, these these are the outcomes that we expect and how we think that, you know, that's going to impact the, the broader objectives. That I think is a big piece of it. It gives people identity. It gives people a purpose. It gives people something to rally around. It's kind of like this North Star that everybody's looking towards and and understands and is pointing to, now that you have that, your team leader really comes into play here as being that, you know, person that helps unite that team together in everything that you do, right? So like team working agreements, what are our responsibilities to each other, right? How do we work with each other and what are we accountable for to each other, right? Because we succeed together and we fail together. No one's going to succeed alone. No one's going to fail alone. Like we're all in the same boat together, right? Really focusing on things like that, I think, helps build that unity, helps build that team bond, helps build that trust within the team, and then you know having a a supporting, engaging leader that is connected with the team and uh, is able to even sometimes shield the team (laughs) from a lot of the noise that is going to be happening when you're a company going through this kind of growth and change. These things are all, I think, foundational and help get that sense of identity and team bonding in place. You combine that with the fun stuff of okay, and what are we doing outside of that that gets the team's mind off of like this is the sprint over sprint over sprint, and you know we have a hackathon coming up in a couple of weeks and everybody's been invited, not just engineering, but everybody's been invited to, you know, hey, what's a really cool idea that, you know, you want to work on? And folks are signing up for that hackathon team and we're giving people space within the sprint to just like, hey, these days you're working on the hackathon project. And so now you get to maybe hang out with people that, you know, you don't work with on the day-to-day basis and that sort of thing. So, you know, just constantly thinking of things to do both on the side of making sure the teams are set up to be nice and healthy, but also like, what are the opportunities for some fun
1: stuff outside of that, right? You answered some of this, but leads me to another thought about like, hey, we were talking before about like how do we manage like the remote work environment, but also the other thing that you talked a little bit about, and some of these same principles apply around like how do you manage the growth, right? Like keeping teams on track, as you said, hey, some people are only a few weeks old, you know, in terms of the age in the company, yeah. or a few sprints, which is usually just a few months or so. There's new people coming in. You got you know maybe a few people who are kind of the old guard and whatnot, like. How do you do these things to make sure that we're growing, but we're also staying on track and we're getting the right things done? The whole reason you're growing is that that you've got goals you're trying to meet and things you're trying to build and take care of. So how do you balance this? We're growing and training people and bringing them on, but we're also executing at the same time and, and executing on the right things and staying aligned. Like, how do you balance that?
2: That's a balancing act that we're doing right now, too, right? Some of it is the things I spoke to more generally around just, you know, ensuring that you're setting up teams to understand their identity, what their purpose is, and that's all going to drive focus and autonomy. And so if you have that focus and autonomy, even as things are growing, because they will continue to grow and the squads will shift a bit with new focus, new charters, et cetera, we'll have to pivot, slow down a little bit to absorb that and then be able to set up to move more efficiently moving forward. And so it can be really uncomfortable for people because when you're joining a company that is going through a lot of change and you're new, and so you're trying to learn on board, get context. And at the same time, this change is happening. You know, of course, that can be a bit like, whoa, you know, this kind of might feel like a lot, but that's why doing these things as a leadership team is really important because you have to go through these transitions to come out that other side and be able to have teams to be able to succeed. Some of it kind of is layered in with recognizing like from an onboarding perspective as we're growing like this, like we've got some things to shore up. So how do we onboard people more seamlessly in a way that enables better knowledge transfer and maybe some of it being a little bit self-serve, but at the same time being really thoughtful about, we're calling it onboarding buddies, where an onboarding buddy is a purposeful and proactive engagement with people, not just on your own team, but let's say across other teams where it makes sense for that context, to engage with people in those first experiences, first month, maybe even two months to help them not only feel like they're a part of the organization and they know the broader team outside of the folks they are working with their own individual pod, but also like you don't want to repeat because it can feel like a lot of toil, right? You don't want to repeat all those activities every single time for every person. So how do you like scale it out? So you're balancing that efficiency with being able to still also be personable, engage with people. A lot of that isn't even the get your environment up and running. It's, you know, really understanding the platform and how things work and some in, you know, various processes and just kind of knowing like, hey, who are our customers and what matters to them? And so, like, engaging with our CX folks and having one on one of like, okay, here's CX and here's kind of like the big key things that, you know, customers really love and maybe some stuff we got to work on. So, building that customer empathy, just really finding all kinds of opportunities to help people feel like they're, settling in and really getting the broader picture versus just the, well, here's my one team around a bunch of other teams that are growing. And I kind of get what we're doing right now, but I really don't have that bigger picture, right? We do two weeks, a week and a half of platform training for folks, anybody, every single person in the company that joins their first week and a half, they sit through multiple sessions of deeper dives within the platform and the product. And they get to really learn a Boulevard's platform and, you know, where there are areas where things are just like, we're really killing it. And maybe where there are areas where we're like, yeah, hey, we can do better here. And these are some gaps we want to fill, but they're getting that context and they're not just jumping into their team right away and going like, okay, here's that little slice that I work on, but I'm missing the forest through the trees kind of thing.
1: As we're trying to build these teams, like, how do you think about motivation in terms of how do you get people, I'm a big proponent on like, hey, there's intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, extrinsic kind of like the carrot and the stick kind of thing, but intrinsic's a lot more powerful. So what do you think are some of the keys to building that intrinsic motivation in teams and how do you go about providing feedback when anyone is perhaps not performing or engaging like you would like to, like, what's your approach to that?
2: I kind of feel like those are a bit like two different questions. Like the first question being more about finding people's genius and understanding what their passion is and, and, you know, what excites them. And so even if you're on a particular team, like there might be certain things within the scope of that realm, that charter that are really interesting to you, but maybe others that are not, you know, you need to know your team well enough. So like this is happening at every level, right? Where every single individual should know their team well enough of like, Okay, for each individual person, like what makes them tick? What do they get really excited about? What are some things that get them a little rashy? And then there's that conversation of even sometimes challenging them to say, like, hey, I know you don't love incident handling or you know, observability, but like, let's talk about why those things are important and let's talk about why, as a team player, why it's important that like we kind of take that full level of ownership. And I think a lot of times. You have to have conversations and you have to make sure people on both sides of the conversation understand the perspective that each person is coming from. And you might not always agree, right? But you can at least understand the perspective and you can talk through, okay, what can we do in some situations where like, hey, maybe you might not enjoy working on this piece of it, but this is why we really need your help. And if you can help us in this area here's something you're really excited about doing and something that you can drive and kind of be the subject matter expert in and help level up other folks in their knowledge, right? And so that doesn't always work. You just kind of have to know people and build that relationship to be able to have those conversations and figure out how you can come out where both people feel like, I can get on board with this. You might not be a hundred percent. I got everything I wanted out of that conversation, but like you can get on board, right? Because that level of maturity is required on, on all of us. It's not, you know, having that, okay, my expectation are all these things and I better get every single thing that I expected or I'm gonna be completely unhappy. Like we're all grownups here, right? So there's a little bit of give and take. So there's that personal level of no your team, know what makes people tick, know what gets them excited because you really want to be able to let them continue to thrive in that area. But then the areas that, you know, maybe they're not so excited. I mean, those are the growth opportunities. Those are the challenges. Those are the things that are going to make them a little uncomfortable, but are more than likely going to help them grow and become a more well-rounded individual.
1: So we have those systems and processes and and culture that we're building but we still need to treat people like individuals and take it Yeah, we're and- not
2: cogs in a machine. This isn't an assembly line, right? We all we're all unique individuals and and we all tick just a little bit differently and so we need to know that about each other, right? And then the other side I think of your question around like okay so you know, there are some challenges and maybe someone isn't as engaged or maybe the outcomes that you know we need aren't happening. Going back to strong leaders, you know, are able to influence people, strong leaders build trust, uh, they have credibility. I think if you're able to do that as a leader, when you do have to have a conversation with someone on your team that is maybe a little bit uncomfortable around, like, I don't see you fully engaging, or we've set these goals, but the outcomes that we're getting aren't actually like where we need to be, you know, getting, et cetera. One of the foundational pieces of that is, you know, making sure everybody understands their role on the team and what that actually means. Like, what are the expectations? How does someone know if they are meeting expectations, performing well, or if they're not missing or if they're not making the mark, right? Hitting the mark. We do have a career ladder in place. It's fairly new. And the career ladder isn't, you know, 300 bullet points of check, 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 and you're being an amazing senior level engineer. It's really more about these are the the core traits that we value in the role. So, you know, we talk about autonomy, we talk about overall technical skill, we talk about ownership. It's low cognitive load. Like if you read it a few times, you know what the expectations are. Being really familiar with that with your manager and setting clear goals against that. And having that constant feedback loop of, you know, what's going on? What are you observing? You should always recognize when something's going good. You shouldn't just wait until whatever performance review, you know, you should always give recognition. If something is going really well, if someone is like going above and beyond, it's great encouragement. People hear that and it usually propels them to do more. And then at the same side, you should always recognize when, okay, we're not totally on track. Let's talk about this. If you've built up that relationship with the individual having that conversation, they will hear you. They might not like what you're saying, right? But they're going to hear you and they're going to want to be receptive to have a conversation of like, oh, okay, how do we course correct? So it's not a thing that you can just do in a spot moment and be like, this thing is fixed. There's things that have to exist up front between that relationship that's been built with you and the individual for you to even have a chance to say like, there was a bump here. We corrected. We're on a good track. We're good to go because both parties have to be invested. And for that to
1: happen, I do think that healthy relationship has to exist. Well, Donna, this has been a fun conversation. At this point, we're going to transition into the Take Action Today segment of the show where we'll get one final piece of actionable advice from you that our listeners can take forward. We'll be right back. Now it's time for our Take Action Today segment of the show. Donna, it's been a fun conversation so far. So as we finish off, what are the final pieces of actionable advice that you would share with our listeners, especially those that perhaps are trying to figure out how they take the next step or maybe kind of afraid of, you know, making the, the next career move and things like, like what would you say to them as they're trying to figure that out?
2: Challenge yourselves to get out of your comfort zone. Getting into a comfort zone and staying in it for too long uh, typically ends up meaning that we're going to be stagnating. And it could be really easy to do that, right? Because everybody likes being comfortable. So push yourself, like find that next opportunity where you might think like, hey, this might be just beyond my reach. So I'm not going to go for it, but actually challenge yourself to go for it. It could be a project that's on the team that's coming up. It could be a particular challenge that maybe your team or your company or the org is having. And you might feel like, I don't know enough about this to get involved, but you're not going to learn if you don't try. Right. And so find that opportunity to be, to get yourself engaged. If you don't know what it is, reach out to your manager and ask them to help you find that next level challenge. And don't be afraid to fail. Like you're not going to try something if you let failure hold you back. And guess what? You're not going to succeed 100% of the time either. You're still going to learn from failures too.
1: And so it's not really a failure in the sense that
2: you will learn something.
1: Well, thanks so much for being here with me today. And I think all of our listeners are going to get a lot of the things that you've shared. As we end off here, are there any resources that people are interested in connecting with you or learning more about Boulevard or other things that you would share? And where would you point them?
2: Yeah, I would love for people to come check out Boulevard. Um, So if you're interested, you know, go to our website, joinblvd.com and just read a little bit more about who we are. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn.
1: Well, thanks again for being here and wish you and Boulevard nothing but continued success. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you. It's great being here.
1: I really hope you enjoyed the episode today. We would love to hear your feedback, comments, and questions. You can go to www.engineeringmanagementinstitute.org where you'll find a summary of the key points discussed in the episode as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books that we mentioned. And don't forget to check out any upcoming live webinars also at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Additionally, for any engineers who are struggling and need help taking the next career step, I've created some free training resources with an opportunity to join a more intensive program called the Engineering Career Accelerator. You can find more information at engineeringcareeraccelerator.com. Until next time, I wish you the best in all of your engineering endeavors.
0: dot org